0: Stand and cheer for the Panthers, stand and cheer for the team, the pride of both.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Brawl. We had a lot of content this week, a lot of new stuff. Obviously, Tyler uh, had that great, uh, you know, little back and forth with the Raiders Brawl. It was a lot of fun getting, you know, interact with other members of the Brawl Podcast. Um, And then we had Chantice, you know, presenting some of the X factors, some of the different matchups that were going to be, you know, really big for this game. So uh, it's awesome now getting to go into, you know, the full season and getting to actually have episodes within the season. We haven't had that before. So guys, I mean, I I felt that today I, I woke up and I was like, I can't believe this is actually going to be football today. Like, what were y'all, I know like we had it Thursday, but like it's still like S- Sunday football is different. Like you can say what you want about Thursday football, but Sunday and Monday football is a whole different breed. So what were your thoughts going into today? Because I was I was in shock that we actually got here.
2: Yeah, you know it was it was great to see, and like you said. Thursday was great and stuff, but it didn't even feel like the season starts. It really never does on that Thursday. But but once we get into the full slate of games on Sunday, it's just the Sunday football feels different. So, you know, getting ready for the games, you know, you're checking Twitter, seeing all the inactives, you know, getting storylines for all the games and stuff. Um, so it was nice to get back to that and just to see football back. And, um, you know, we, we got some Power Five games yesterday um, on Saturday in college football. So football is starting to get back and uh, back in the swing of things here. And just seeing a full slate of games on Sunday and Panthers football being back, it, it just feels great.
3: Last night was like Christmas Eve. Um, what have you I can, saying? I, mean, I couldn't sleep. I was like, you know, you knew it was, you know, and, and I put on Facebook just a minute ago after watching it all day long. Say what you want, and Jack will know this, there's just a different atmosphere in our household when the NFL is on. It just, it just is. Um, and, and, you know, my, t- the, well, my AFC team doesn't play till tomorrow night at 1030. But, you know, I literally like Tyler said, do. I mean, I, I've, I've watched 13, 14 hours of football in, you know, two days. Um, and so, yes, the NFL is back, and um, it's just a different atmosphere on Sunday. And um, it was just it, – it's football. It's, it's, and, and like you said, Jack – what made it even extra special is the fact that we've talked about it three months ago. Who knew we'd get to this day? And, 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 and let me say one other thing whether there were fans there or not, um, or whatever else went down, it was awesome. It, it was just, and, and, and kudos to the NFL films who were providing all the sound for the games. And you thought you were going to I mean, no fans, but it, they did a great job. So kudos to them. It's awesome.
1: They were plugging it in really well. I mean, there would be times where there's like a, a penalty or, and there's booze it was wild they were booing the refs they had they had they had cheering for other plays it was insane I was it was so wild and I was like that's it made it, like, I forgot other than you know a couple times there wasn't even fans no. I will say the one state that shouldn't have fans and should not is, is Florida why in the world Jacksonville already only has like 10 fans so what do you like you can social distance there I guess without with ease but you shouldn't have fans in Florida that's the that's like putting fans in New York like you can't do that it's one of the worst states but they won and I know you were reveling in it, loving I the Philip Rivers de- I do
3: feel de- bad. I do feel bad for uh, Marlon Mack though. I don't um, I, you know. He's
1: lo- gonna lose his starting
3: position as it is. I know, but and you know, God bless Philip Rivers. Two interceptions, he, the question is will he throw more interceptions than he has kids before the end of the season? You I know. had to go go ahead.
1: Goodness. <laughs> let well let you go. know what I was and it was funny, like so, well, first off, Hunter Renfro, thank goodness, didn't do anything. We'll talk about that, you know, right before the game. I mean, he didn't do anything at the game. He had a couple of receptions and I was starting to bite my fingers, but it was, it was fine. I didn't have to, you know, kill my Panthers fandom. And it was even funnier, my other room, so the person I was watching games with my friends today, one of them was a Falcons fan. The minute we were watching the Buccaneers Saints game and Taysom Hill, like he had the first reception, we were both like, ugh. And I was like, you, you, you do it too? Like you hate him too? And then my roommate who's a Falcons fan, he texts me and he goes, it's what, two minutes in, and the, and the announcers are already riding on Taysom Hill? It's, it's, it's automatic. It's automatic. And it, it was so aggravating to hear again. That was the one part of football I didn't like hearing today.
3: I knew you'd be going off. And one thing here, just real quick, could the New Orleans Saints have less class? Oh, I know, right? Mm-hmm. That many with two minutes to go, and you're doing flea flickers, and then you want to score on fourth and goal with 20 seconds to go? Take a knee. You know, to me, and I hate to see anybody get hurt, what if Alvin Kamara would have uh, torn an ACL? Playing the world's smallest violin if that happens. At his ankles or something. I mean, Sean Payton, have a little bit of class. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Right. Not I, just, I don't get it. I just, I'm going at the TV going, what are you doing? And you the know?
1: funny thing is, the funniest thing is, if you go to fantasy, like we had our draft earlier this week, Taysom Hill is listed, is listed as a tight end. He's not even listed as a quarterback or a wide receiver. He's listed as a tight end.
3: If your younger brother drafted him.
1: I know. And I vowed I to my younger brother for drafting him in our league. He did it purely for the meme and purely for comedy. But I still, almost, I still almost disowned him. But getting into the game. So, you know, it was that we had been saying it. And I had a little bit of trouble watching it. But I still got to see the first, the first you know, drive for both teams. And – I, I was okay with the with the Panthers' first offensive drive. It wasn't really anything special, from what I remember. I can't remember if they scored on the first drive or not. If it was the second, Tyler, had to help me refresh my memory. But with the Raiders' first drive and just what Josh Jacobs was able to amass, I had a sick feeling in my stomach the whole the whole from then on. Tyler, what were the, what were you feeling? was it anything like that.
2: Um, from what I remember, the Panthers forced the Raiders to go three and out on the first drive.
1: But even even just okay. the kickoff that that Jacobs got in one of the first plays.
2: Yeah. What? Well, they yeah they got him rolling on uh on first or second down on that drive the first drive and uh, it was right after the announcers introduced the offensive line for the Raiders how big and powerful they were like we've talked about on here and you could see him just get that full head of steam and you know Panthers were able to keep him to a small gain there but he just got going there and uh, once he got that full head of steam. Going, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long game, especially since we've talked about how young our defense was um, going into that game and unexperienced and now injured, which we'll get into. But um, after that, you know, punted, we, we got the ball back and, you know, the Panthers first drive. We saw a lot of different things. They came out in empty, uh, which you saw with Joe Brady at LSU a lot last year. Um, and it was a smooth uh, drive, you know, complete, you know, got the ball to a lot of different people, Robbie Anderson getting involved, Curtis Samuel, D.J. Moore, and, of course, McCaffrey. That's drive right, we went down and kicked a field goal. So, at that point, with a three and out and, you know, starting on offense with a you know, field goal, I was feeling pretty good after that offensive drive, and, uh, you know, really had my hopes up. I think,
3: I, I think the first, you know, early on, too, like you said, you know, they came out one time and they were, you know, empty backfield, and you're like, okay, they're, they're gonna they're gonna throw some cool things. Brady's gonna you know go outside the box a little bit and uh, and do some things which he did. Then we'll talk about it a little later on or whatever. But um yeah and I mean I agree with you know both you guys with Josh Jacobs that guy is 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 a beast and there were a couple runs I'm going wow Um, that's pretty powerful. So you know I I was expecting a little more up front from the Panthers. The secondary we talked about and stuff I was expecting a little more up front. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, they, they, it was back and forth. But, yeah, I was a little – I was surprised with – and, and pleased with what Brady showed at the beginning, uh, some sort of the play call on.
1: So I'll – I'll re- – I'll, I'll, uh, not revitalize. Kind of, I'll rephrase my, my first statement. It was that – it wasn't a feeling of, you know, I was afraid that it, things were going poorly. It was more so a sense of kind of false security with the offense. Like, the, the, the looks I got right away, I was, I was happy with. But in the back of my mind, something was like tingling. I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. It's kind of a grant against everything we had been talking about the entirety of, you know, the offseason where we knew the offense could be really good, but in, on paper, at least, but in practice, we didn't know how good they were going to be. And we were kind of, you know, waiting to see, you know, that first game, how it was going to go. And it, it went almost too well in the first drive. If that makes sense? Like it, it seemed to click really quickly in terms of the offensive side of the ball defense, you know, It was kind of, it was, and that was the thing in defense. I couldn't get a read on it yet. I just knew that Jacobs had gotten some yards and our defense, you know, didn't really get to see any, any kind of passing options in that drive. And so I was afraid because I didn't know what was going to happen with the defensive backs and the defensive backs, you know, they're always, it's something that, you know, I've and Tyler, you all know this. I've stressed it all the time. It's the line, the defensive backs. And I think the line, honest to God, I think the line did its, it. did a fairly good job today. I mean, Teddy was not running a whole lot when he didn't have to, and we'll talk about Teddy's mobility later. But the defensive backs, I mean, that – it took a hit real early with Dante going out right around, like I think it was – I can't remember if it was first quarter, second quarter. Um, but you could tell, I mean, it, it, was, a mismatch, it was a mismatch, wasn't it, Tyler? Those, 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 those younger receivers for the Raiders got a bit ahead of them.
2: Yeah, they were, we talked about it. young DBs for us, young receivers for them going into the game. And, you know, we talked about kind of how we thought defenses would be ready, uh, more prepared than offenses. Uh, I wouldn't say that would be the case in this one. Just, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs got, um, took advantage of us early, not just through the air, but on some jet sweeps and, you know, stretching the field horizontally um, as well as vertically. I think we also had a few coverage busts and miscommunications early on that led to, um, you know, Rugs getting wide open. I mean, not to mention his speed and there were a few that we got lucky on, uh, just if the ball was just a, you know, a couple, couple inches shorter on the money, um, uh, Ruggs would have been, you know, he, he was in position for a few more bombs, but like, like you said, we kept uh, Renfro for out of it. So, I mean, that was good at least, uh, you know, Brian Edwards got some work and then Nelson Aguilar, but we did see our young DB and Um, but, um, uh, it was good to see. I, th- I thought Trey Boston played a decent game in the back. He, you can tell he's stepped up as a leader back there, which you know, being you know how old he is now, he, he better. But uh, you know, after losing Dante, real worried about the um, corners on the outside.
1: Yeah. So prayers is that he doesn't have to deal. He, it's not anything serious, but um, because I, I remember Tyler. I don't remember who was the starting four going out there in terms of. I know it was Trey Boston and and, and Dante, but as friend in terms of the other the free safety. Or excuse me, maybe strong safety, and uh, that other cornerback. Who, who was going out there?
3: That, I, I, uh, I,
2: Troy Pride started out at the corner, and then Justin Burris at and, the other safety spot. And then we actually – we did it go through and start uh, chin um, next to, to here, Whitehead, and uh, Shaq Thompson at linebacker, which, yeah.
1: And that honestly might not be the worst thing going forward. I mean, if you're putting Br- Burns on the line, and then you have also Derek Brown and, and KK, and then you have Stephen Weatherly, who I'm assuming made that other start on the right side of the field. Um, I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a, on paper, that's not a bad lineup. I mean, you have a lot of inexperience and, mm-hmm. and Jeff, you could talk about this when it comes to young cornerbacks versus young receivers, the young cornerbacks get a little bit of disadvantage because there's a lot more instinct that's involved with in game. Is that not correct? You know, receivers, they kind of, they know the routes they're supposed to run. It's a much more skill oriented position with defensive backs, it's a little bit more instinct base. Would you well, agree?
3: Well, I mean, the, you're, they're taking a guess a lot of times. I mean, the, the receivers, they know the game plan. They know where they're going. I mean, and, 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 you know, the interesting part about not even the, the Pan, not even the Panthers-Raiders game, but Tyler mentioned it too across the board. It seemed like um, we, we talked about how the defenses would show up and be better than maybe the offenses. And yet, I mean, there was a lot of points today. And there were a lot of offenses that seemed to be rolling. Um, I mean, the Saints, the Packers. I mean, you know, I, I, who, I mean, Washington.
1: Well, and Jeff, you're right. Also, it was more so not even that they're rolling, but that it was running games that were rolling. The Saints were barely throwing the ball. Same with the with the with the, with the Patriots, with the running with the uh, Buccaneers.
3: It was all runs. And I think the gist is, you know, especially with that, especially if you haven't had the chance to work with. And, and look, listen, Tampa Bay. We'll get to them later, but they were, Brady was off. I mean, he missed some throws. He missed some big time throws. Um, and, and so I, I think you know we saw the running game. Josh Jacobs, they relied on CMC. You know, we we know where Tennessee's going to go tomorrow night. I mean, it's just, it. you know, the Cowboys will run with – it's just, handoff, you know what you can do. So, I think, you know, the, Is once the the ball goes up in the air, I agree with you, Jack, and, you know, the receivers, they know where they're going. You, you just got to be a ball hawk and kind of think you know where you're going when it comes to those DBs. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, though, I mean, listen, it was – you know, I, to me, it was one of the more entertaining games of the entire, oh, um, I mean, you know, 34-30. And you look at the stat lines as we looked at a minute ago, the stat lines were almost identical. They were
1: neck and neck. I mean, if you look at it, some of them were neck and neck. And so the problem is that had the Raiders had a better quarterback, that game could have been blown out of the water. But you had Carr, 22 for 30, 239 with a touchdown. Teddy was 22 for 34, 270 with a touchdown. Josh Jacobs was 25 for 93 with three touchdowns. McCaffrey was 23 for 96 with two touchdowns. Like, those are almost identical. Robbie was the only outlier in the receivers with six receptions for 115 yards with that 75-yard touchdown, whereas Ruggs had three for 55, no touchdowns. Aguilar had the one reception for a touchdown. But then Josh Jacobs and Darren Warler both had, you know, around five receptions and 45 yards. Same with DJ Moore and McCaffrey. They both had around three or four receptions, each for, you know, one for 54, one for 38 McCaffrey and Samuel had the same amount of receptions or yards on different amount of receptions. And the thing, the problem was, so like, it kind of came down to it a little bit, I honest to God think, because McCaffrey wasn't like silent in the game and he had two touchdowns, but he, he didn't light up the field with the, with the Raiders front seven. He didn't light up the ball. Jacobs, while his running yards might've been a little bit lackluster, he had three touchdowns, So say what you will. It was more on the quarterbacks. Teddy, like if Derek Carr is better, if he completes more passes a little bit more, I think they, they could blow that game of the water. Teddy was keeping us in. He was completing good passes, high percentage passes. He was spreading the love around. He was getting the ball to dip. He, had, he involved Thomas, Samuel, Anderson. He tried to get Seth Roberts in there. I mean, he was spreading the love around, and whether that's Brady or, or whether that's, you know, Teddy. And then also what I think people started to realize again and that what he showed today, Teddy's mobile. He can get out of the pocket and gain positive yardage. And I think people forget about that. So, I mean.
0: From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash powercash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.
1: Obviously, it's not Cam, but... Tyler, how do you think Teddy kind of held his own today? I mean, he kind of what, – what do you think his is kind of his role was on the field?
2: Yeah, I mean, coming into the new team, I think he was all right today. Um, in a new offense, it's in the season's starting up again. You, we're kind of expecting some sloppy play here and there. I do think he was a little bit off, though. Some throws that, you know, they were in the right vicinity, but just not – you know, precisely on the money right where they need to be and led to some drops, uh, some incompletions. Thankfully, didn't have to pay for any of those with any, you know, errant throws that were picked off or anything. turnovers on the day.
1: I mean, that's huge coming out the gate.
2: Yeah, that's – yeah, for Teddy, yeah, I mean, no turnovers, that's, you know, that's how you lose games There's a lot of turnovers. So, thankfully, you know, avoided that. But, you know, you're starting to see some of the chemistry he's making with, um, especially Robbie Anderson. We saw – I mean, especially just looking at the stat line. uh, But, you know – I kinda wanna see him more connect with uh DJ Moore who uh that's who when he had the throws that were missed, that was they were mainly going to more that uh they weren't connecting, it was just a little bit off. So I want to see him improve there, but I think it was a good start. Um definitely some you know places to tighten up on. But I you know, week one, I'll take it.
1: And, and and Jeff, do you think, you know, with I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt, but uh do you think, you know, when Tyler talks about it, those primarily those mashups, those missed throws, cause those errant throws were to DJ and DJ got involved. He was more at the beginning of the game. He kind of fell off towards the end of the game, but do you think that's more, I mean, obviously DJ's kind of had some of his issues in the past, whether it's, you know, ball handling or route running. So do you think that's more of a Teddy issue or more of a DJ issue or just more of their chemistry together as a new quarterback receiver duo? I
3: think it's, I think it's the latter. I think it's the, 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 just the time we haven't had any preseason Um, uh, This was your first live game, you know, going at it, do whatever you want to in, in training camp and OTAs and everything else. But, you know when you line up and play, um, so I think it had a lot to do with just that. And it'll come and listen if I would have sat there, you know, last week and said, Hey, at the end of the day, he's missed 12 passes, he's thrown for 280 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, and is sacked one time. Oh, are, are we that's I mean, game one that's that, that's pretty impressive.
1: No, yeah, I mean, and that's the funniest part, is not funny, but even kind of sad, is that honestly, I mean, honestly, like, that's not far off from Cam in terms, of, in terms of accuracy. Like, it's really not that far, that big of a difference, and so that was kind of upsetting to me to think about, but also, like, and we can talk about this, it's, I hated to say it, I was more excited with Cam's touchdowns. I mean, the first touchdown for the Patriots of the season, and it's Cam running the ball, and he's got two rushing touchdowns on the day, he went off. He had an insane game.
3: It was just weird.
1: I, I get that it's the Dolphins, and you can you know you gotta wait till it's a better team, but it was unreal. I was so excited for him. I was like, look, this is what y'all have been y'all thought he was done. No, this is what he can do. He was putting the league on notice. Yep. And so I mean, so we'll talk. So I mean, what did y'all think about? I I know it must have been weird seeing Cam Tyler, but like and Jeff. But I. I was more excited to see Cam and Tyler. And then even, hell, Greg got a touchdown with the Seahawks. Like, the Redskins and and, and Ron were going off. It sucks to see them perform well in different areas. But it was also fun to see as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not the uh, salty Panthers fans that are rooting against uh, these ex-players. I mean, it was great to see Cam. It just looked so weird. I mean, we've seen, we've seen edits, you know, jersey edits with Cam and the Patriots. But seeing that on the screen, like – uh, I just couldn't believe it. And it kind of hurt, but I'm happy for Cam. And, you know, getting those two two uh, touchdowns on the ground, um, I'm def- I definitely want to catch a game soon. Um, I-, I was obviously watching the Panthers during that. But, you know, any chance I get, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan, uh, well, you know, I'll call a closet Patriots fan this season just for Cam. But, uh, you know, it was good to see that. Um, yeah, just real thankful that the Panthers don't have to run into the Patriots this year. Sean, so, that,
3: uh, you go, Jeff. Sorry. Well, first for, you know, kudos to Ron Rivera. You're down seventeen nothing. You've got cancer. The team is—you know—the whole city's just—it's all—it's all crap. Sorry, it's a crap shit. The organization's crap.
1: The city's crap. The team name is crap. It's all crap.
3: You're down seventeen nothing. You rally that team to come back and win. God bless you, man. He's that, done that, you know, it
1: before. Huh? That's not new territory for Ron. He's done it with the Panthers against the Eagles back when we were down seventeen points going into the fourth. That's no new territory for him.
3: Seattle, you know, I mean, l- listen, that, that team, it's just, I, but to see Greg um, yeah. wasn't weird. To me, that one weird.
1: That was weird. No, Greg, the 88, and, and, and especially because the thing that made that weird, it makes it weird is because Greg is, will always be known if for all of his plays and all of his career, this best play ever and his best moment ever is oh, yes. dissecting the, def- the secondary of Seattle to win that game. Like, that's his play. And but, so to see him on
3: that team now is weird. But for Cam, um, God bless him. It was it was it was just weird. Like Tyler said, you'd seen all the edits and stuff like that, but to see him actually on the field. Um and here's the deal: having fun. You know he was having fun. Now granted, I'm gonna tell you this though, it was Miami. Yeah, so uh, you know, let's let's you know, I was almost more impressed, and I'm gonna say it, I was almost more impressed with Teddy's performance no, than, yeah. I, than I was with Cam's.
1: I mean I, you, I mean, like, you know. It was, you're right, because in all honesty, Teddy's playing a better defense. Mm-hmm. He's playing a better team. I mean, you can say which one about Cam's performance. It was, it was, it was nice to see him. Like, I think if this was a, a Cam that was healthy last year and played all last year, that performance today would not have been as exciting or as impressive because it was just two rushing touchdowns. You know, his completion percentage was still average. But yeah. it was Cam performing again, you know, Gronk spiking in the end zone and then Wakandaing forever. Like, that's. I'll take that at the end of the week, but if you really break it down performance wise, no, it wasn't blowing anything out of the park, but it's just seeing Cam on the field again. So as far as Teddy goes, I mean, that's what you want from Teddy two gloves. That's what we expect. I expected nothing less from him and I expected nothing less from the Panther. And the sad part was though, like seeing Brady on the box, that looked weird, but seeing Cam and the Patriots with the dreads and the number, it didn't look weird to me. It didn't. And I hate to say it, it's kind of heartbreaking. It didn't look unnatural. I mean, he was having fun. He was showing out he was, and he's not going to, he's not going to bow out any week. He's going to go, look, I'm going to be on your neck. I'm going to put as many points up as possible. I'm going to do whatever I can. So I don't know what their next matchup is. We'll see what their next matchup is. Cause that will be the actual, you know, that'll be what judge. that'll be my judgment for how he is. But I mean, if he stays healthy the way he is and keeps playing, I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns and it's funny because that was the coolest part too. He starts the game Patriots rushing touchdown. Brady starts the game with the Saints, drives to the one-yard line, and pops it in for a rushing touchdown. If you would have told me their first two games, they each would have gotten rushing touchdowns for their new teams, I would have told you you're crazy. But, and, and that was the thing. And so, I mean, I was honestly – today, it was weird as a fan. I was more excited about Cam and about Greg than I was about the Panthers in certain times.
3: Here's your game for week two. Okay. Patriots at the Seahawks. See, game, game on. <laughs> honest to God, and it's horrible
1: to say this early on, but that game will define Cam Newton's season. It's his old rival in the Seattle Seahawks—not what they used to be per se—but that's his—that's his big brother. That's his big brother. That's his bully. That's everything. He's gonna want to beat the crap out of them. That's that's that game on there, man. There are two teams coming off of big wins with kind of against lackluster teams, but they were still clicking. Yeah. And Cam and, I mean. Cam knows Greg's going to be there. Greg knows Cam's going to be there. But it that's going to be insane. That'll be the game that I'm judging Cam on is that game right there. If he wins that game. And so, Chantese, you know, well, he can't be he can't be with us right now. Um, He's dealing with some personal stuff. But he was saying – I was like – I texted I was like, well, I mean, well, let's go talk about the Panthers. It's not going to be fun. But it's And he goes, hey, I don't know what y'all are talking about. My team's 1-0. He's talking about – he's the team of Cam Newton. And I was like, you know what? I'll give you that because you're dealing with personal stuff. But that – that's you get the one. That's it. I don't want to hear that from you. We we totally joked about this at the beginning of the year, but we don't want to do this anymore. But now that we're in, it's got to be on the Panthers. But I mean, like you said, Tyler, you, you framed it perfectly. We're the non-salty Panthers fan base. Like we're not gonna. We want our 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 our, our alumni, for a lack of better words, to succeed because they, that's who we care about. Like the team, yes, but like just the things that they did for our city and for our, our you know our organization. We're gonna root for them, especially Ron, TD, Greg, all them um so moving on I mean so we talked about Teddy you know he, he played he played pretty well he played about as well as I expected him to the defense the defense I mean the one issue we were I thought they needed to frame up was focusing on the running back situation and, and we said from the beginning it's going to be on Josh Jacobs and Chris McCaffrey if you can't stop Jacobs you're not going to win this game Tyler they didn't really hold up to that did they
2: uh yeah no did not really um slowed him down here and there and you know uh for what we have in the front seven I thought we did fine uh his average yards per carry was lower than McCaffrey's which you know we'll take it but uh you know that's just that's a good running back right there and it's hard to slow him down it's hard to stop him uh you just do what you can um but you know talented back with a good offensive line it's for a young defense that's gonna be hard to stop
3: I thought they I thought they did well against them, you know, and and, and you you mentioned it, Tyler. Like I think the thing was, you they were going to wear him down with Jacobs. They were going to come after him, come after him. And then he was going to break a long one or something like that, kind of that bend but don't break. Um, he did score three times, but like you said, average. Was you know CMC was better at it and had a you know more yardage and stuff. It was just the three touchdowns. Um, but you know they didn't he didn't get the long thirty, forty, fifty yard run or anything like that. So. You know, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. In terms of like, didn't go for a hundred, but you do give up three touchdowns. Um, and I was hoping for a little more from the front seven, but um, all in good time, I think.
1: So yeah, you know, another one of the big questions going into was going to be the special teams. I mean, Charlton did. I mean, he did well for the game. He put on. He had some great punts. He put the. You know, he kept the team in the game with some good field position. Farrell um, Cooper had some. I mean, he had he had a lot of good. He had a lot of opportunities for kickoff returns. And a little bit less for punt returns, but he still was able to kind of put in some work. It was nice to see the Gamecocks go on that kind of two you know, two sides of the stone there. But, you know, the, everyone, the big question for everyone was Joey Sly because, you know, now he's kind of – he was the main guy. Last year he kind of – he had a lot of reps and a lot of playing time, but it was kind of piggybacking off of Graham Gano. You know, he was kind of – he had that to fall back on. Um, and this year he didn't. And so, you know, he missed the one extra point real early. And with the, the four-point, you know, margin – I mean, you could argue that had he had had he you know made that extra point, then the Panthers wouldn't have been trying to score a touch on. could have just fought for that you know that tying field goal. But you know should have would have coulda. I mean, then he made he made, he was three for three with field goals. So I mean, what what were you, what were your first thoughts of Joey Sly, y'all? Like I don't. It was weird to kind of gauge.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was surprised, you know, in the off season that we ended up, you know, rolling with him as our kicker because, you know, especially, you know, in the middle last season, uh before the end of the season when he he started to pick it up, but you know, he had some rough patches throughout the season. And you know, I mean, I definitely root for him, you know, because of his story with his brother, so you know, I'm always rooting for him. Um, you know, one of the, you know, most jacked kickers I've ever seen. That is a big dude kicking the ball, but yeah, just the extra points. He he's got the leg power. He's got the distance on it. But um, you know, just the you know the easy extra points is what um, here and there he just misses. Which you know it ended up not hurting us today. Which we got to be careful because it could in the long run. But even that didn't hurt us. You know, in the box score, that's kind of a it's a little bit of a momentum killer. You know, you just did all this work to score a touchdown and then uh, you couldn't get all the the full seven points because you know, you just missed a kick. So, I mean. I mean, I'm hopeful for Joey Sly. He's got all the talent in the world, all the leg strength. You know, just got to work on, you know, just getting through the upgrades. <laughs> Simply put.
1: I mean, what, you, what do you got something to say, Jeff?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, being a former kicker. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, he's three for three. I mean, he's 47, 46, and 31. Um, one point doesn't cost you a game. No, I'm not. I'm not freaking out because he missed an extra point. Because they ever since they moved him back, more and more kickers have missed the extra points. Um, it's a 33 yard field goal. Um, but that's you know you can always you know come back and go well you gave up 34 points. You know the offense should have scored more. You know we well I know we're gonna talk about it. I I know what lost that game. Yeah. Um And it wasn't um, sly. So you know for me I got a kid who kicked three for three. Yeah. He missed Point, yes, but now what Tyler said, you do have to – that mentality, though, of going, okay, i got to make these extra points now because it could be you're down 14-13 with 30 seconds to go and you need that extra point. Um, or, you like he said, you can lose the momentum of you're going, you're going, you're going. And, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but while I said it's a great job and stuff like that, yeah, you miss an extra point, you see people on the sidelines. If they go to a sideline shot and you see whoever, if it's Teddy and, and CMC who've led this drive – in the kicker miss, you can just see this collective kind of, you know, they put their heads down going, here we go. But, you know, overall, hey, three for three. And two of them are from 45-plus. Um, I, I I, got confidence in him.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even necessarily the fact that he missed it. But, like, if I'm anyone on that team that was on the team last year, he missed that extra point. My mind is on, honestly immediately going to go to that Saints game where, of course, we were out of the playoffs at that point. We weren't mathematically, but, like, more, you know, Logistically, we were, and, and but that was a game that if we won that game, we could have shut you know the whole league up. And he misses those two critical extra points, and I think a field goal and kind of puts that game out of reach for the Panthers and then momentum out of the reach for the Panthers. And so, and I'm not trying to put it on him, but like I'm saying, you gotta because Graham definitely did not do well last year. I mean, there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of kickers last year and this year. I mean, the Bengals, Joe Burrow could have won his, his career beginner. Yeah. Had the Bengals kicker not shanked the absolute hell out of that kick, it was wide right. Or or uh Rodrigo Blankenship, rookie kicker for the Colts. I mean, he doubled, do- he doinked it to to get them out of out of out of scoring range. So, you know, yeah, like just you're you're right, Jeff. Once they moved it back, it's it's been almost it's been damn near impossible for field goals and extra points right now for some kickers. So, I mean, even so you kind of got to work with what you got. I, I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I, st- I love Joey Sly's story, but I still wanted Elliot Frye. I'm upset we kind of kicked him to the curb because I love Elliot Fry. And the more Gamecocks on the Panthers, the better. But Lord knows we can't have them all. Um, and that was another thing. Like, and speaking of Gamecocks on the Panthers, I, I think it's...
3: Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment.
0: My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus Classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. My Penn State Classroom is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more.
1: showed today, McCaffrey still got a good workload. He got a good, good stats, good touchdowns. But there were times he seemed gassed. There was a couple hits where he was slow to get up. And that was the first time I've really ever seen him be slow to get up. And I think not having, and I know we didn't really, really use you know, secondary backs, second down or second string backs in the past. But I thought that was the goal with getting all these running backs and now, you know, cutting them on. Now it's just Davis. That was kind of upsetting to me. But, um, so I think that's something we got to look at as we go into the future as well. Um, and making sure that he's, you know, everything that he can be and more cause we're going to need him. Like, I mean, he was slow to get up and I'm like, that's our whole season. That's that's our whole team. That's our whole season. That's it. Like that, that's it. And, uh, I mean, and it was nice to see, you know, the new team, the new guy, the new addition connection, you know, with McC- uh, with uh, Teddy and Robbie Anderson. Robbie was kind of quiet throughout the game, but made a big splash, and that's what we're looking for, Robbie. We've been missing those big playmaking receivers. Like, DJ and Curtis have their moments, but in terms of – we haven't had, like, a 75-plus passing touchdown since, I think, Ted Ginn and Philly Brown, honest to God. Like, I can't remember really when we've had a touchdown that length of the field. Um, so that was cool to see. And so the Panthers, you know – it was that same kind of Panthers game. You're kind of iffy at the beginning, high-scoring second and third quarter. Then you get to the thir- end of the third, fourth quarter, and nobody's scoring. Your defense is doing enough to keep you in the in the game, but then your offense shits the bed, or then your offense gets a little bit going. And then, like that's with Robbie Anderson's touchdown, the minute we scored that touchdown, their defense drove downfield, walked through barn doors all the way down the field to put the game up. It's 34 to 30. We get towards the end of it. The Panthers have a chance. They're driving. And I. this is where I think in my mind, Rule, R- Rule and Brady really showed their age and their experience. We've got it. Fourth and one. I thought McCaffrey was damn close. The three plays leading up to it were okay plays. They weren't great. It was kind of reminiscent of last year, some of the plays we would call. But I thought it was damn close. And so then it's fourth and one. You have... You can do a double slant with the Samuel and Anderson, those speedy guys off the ball. You can do a read option with Teddy because, like I said, Teddy was mobile. Teddy has legs. Or you can pitch it out to McCaffrey and let your workhorse get you that extra, that that fourth and inches. And they feed it to Alex Arma up the middle, and he gets stuffed with a minute left and two timeouts. I mean, and so spoiler alert. We stop them in the three and out, get the ball back with 15 seconds at our own 20, and we can't. Obviously, what the hell are we going to do with that? So we lose the game. I mean, the Panthers fought a hard-fought battle, and going into it, I was like, okay. I mean, if they win, awesome. I wasn't really – in the back of my mind, I know we said they were going to win, but every game this year, in the back of my mind, I'm not going to be expecting us to win. That's just how it is this year. I'll say we, I, I would like to believe we will. And as an analyst, I will predict that we win because I'm not going to say so. But in the back of my mind, I'm really not expecting us to. And then if we lose, then yeah, cool. That's what I thought. This one stuck a little bit, though. And y'all, I mean, y'all know why. Talk about that that last minute decision because that was, in my mind, you don't want to say, well, I, I know, Jeff, you argue that one play shouldn't lose you the game. But in my mind, that play lost us the game.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't have you know any expectation that we'd come out of this with a win either, but after we started playing well and keeping up with them, it got my hopes up. So yeah, it's like, well, we better win now. And uh, you know, leading up to that, you know, Arma, you know, stop on fourth down. Uh, it was it was about third and medium, and we decided to run it with McCaffrey, almost you know forcing our hand and you know going into four down ter- territory there, which. Um, I would have rather seen them, you know, throw the ball, put it in the air, and give yourself a chance at the first down. Maybe even get, you know, also get close like the McCaffrey's run did. Um, but uh, when we were, yeah, you know, fourth and one, I'm a big proponent of the QB sneak. Um, I know it's also up the middle, but you know, if you watch the play, that the, the time it takes for Bridgewater to hand it off to Armour, that's that's just enough time to kill the play and for their D line to get some penetration. Um, but yeah, fullback dive, they're not what you really want to see. I mean, you can't put put too much on them just because, I mean, it is fourth and one, and that's one your your go-to. Fourth and inches, I should say. Um, so I can't be too hard on them for that. Um, and rather look at the entire game, um, the entire body of work that, you know, that lost us a the game. There are other missed opportunities throughout the game and you just hate to see that misconversion that late in the game. And, you know, they're Brady and uh, rule. They're young in their careers, uh, of course. So hopefully they just take this and learn from it. And, you know, next time they're in this situation, you know, they handle it much better.
3: I'm going to, uh, I just talked about kicker, not losing a game and stuff like that. I, I, I somewhat agree with you. I think this play, I think it lost us a game. Um, now, whether we would have gone downfield and scored, I don't know. But when you sit there and you um, – I mean, it was like a 1920s type call. I mean, it was, I, I didn't even know we had a fullback. I have no idea who the guy is. I, I, don't, I, I was like, who is he? Um,
1: Panthers fan. I mean, Panthers know who Alex Arma is, but that's you guys are Panthers fans. Like. Um,
3: and, and so, and, this, and here's what I'm getting at. We talk about the inexperience of, of Rule and Brady and stuff like that. But this was your chance – to go completely off the ranch, um, you could have. Heck, Teddy was running so well; the read option could have worked. You could have done the regular option, just run an option with with rule with um with Teddy and and CMC. Um, you've got you know the second best running back in the NFL. Um, sorry. Um, you you know you've got the best the best all-purpose running back in the NFL. Hey, and and you could do a swing pass. You could do whatever, and. Or, or like, or like Tyler said, line up and just do your quarterback sneak. Unless they were, and when I went back and watched the play, they weren't. You know, they weren't bunch in the middle. They they weren't like three guys. You know, at your nose and 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 two defensive tackles. They were kind of spread out a little bit. So, like he said, by the time you turn and hand off, unless you got blocking, he's not going to get there. Get him outside. You've got. The speediest – get him outside. Let, let 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 Teddy and CMC do it. So, to me, this was the chance for Rule and, and Brady. Because I some of the things I, I I read online, some of the responses and stuff from fans were like, that was a Panther call. Like, that was old school football when you've got these young coaches, have at it.
1: And you hit the nail right on the head. And that's what most upset me when we – because what was the main thing we've been talking about with Brady and with Rule? Not necessarily with Rule, but with Brady – Brady was this kind of Sean McVay era, you know, you know, kind of type offensive coordinator. This, you know, this reverses, these options, these jet sweeps, these different like backyard kind of football plays. And you hit it right the head. It's like a 1950. I'm gonna give them my fullback up the middle. Like that's not creative. That's not out of the box. Anyone with a $2 degree. And, you know, a pair of glasses can see that play coming from a mile away. Like, that's what they thought was going to happen. And when you have playmakers like Samuel, like McCaffrey, like Teddy, you're exactly right. That was the – like, I don't want to say it was that play, but if you're trying to prove yourself as an NFL-caliber coach who's trying to – and you're following up Riverboat Ron, like, that's not the play you called. I mean, if we had Tolbert, by all means, call that Arma's no Tolbert. He's got a body on him and he's got some force behind him. But at that point, I'm putting in Ian Thomas and letting him fall forward. And I understand what you're saying with, with a QB sneak Tyler, but to hit that defense, Teddy doesn't have the same body as Cam. Teddy's a bit more, I mean, he's not small by any means.
3: Okay, but but, but I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop you there. But Brady scored on a QB sneak from three yards out.
1: <laughs> he's the king of QB sneaks. I'm not gonna put that in an argument. He's uh, he's
3: Houdini. I'm just the, saying he, you know, I mean, you, you know, Brady, I mean, he scored like, come on. No, I know. But so what I'm saying is, I mean. What but I got you. I know what you're saying.
1: And what showed today, what people forget to realize, this is the reason we started Manhurst as a blocking tight end. And as I watched the film today and as I've looked in the training camp, Robbie Anderson has solidified himself as a solid blocking wide receiver. He had to work on it in the past, but he was showing some instances of it. You run Curtis from one side of the field on a jet sweep down to Manhurst and Robbie Anderson's side. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, and if you're getting McCaffrey to lead block two, we know McCaffrey can lay his body out and level a, a linebacker. He can throw his whole body vertical, sideways. Nine times out of ten, I'm giving Curtis that open field advantage to get that first down. Like, that's all you need. Yeah. Or, or running the two of them in a double slant. Have Robbie and Curtis on one side, DJ on the other to do a double slant. I'm giving that nine times out of ten. Because we saw that Teddy can create space in the pocket. He can make people miss, as he did it today. And we also know that McCaffrey can swing out – and juggle the ball to get a first down, which we saw last year, or flip over a human being to get a first down. It's just, if you're trying to be a new identity for the Panthers. Right. You just run it up the middle like you're
3: the Canton Ghosts or the Canton Bulldogs. I'm not. That's not doing it. It's for me. It's like South Carolina running the read option. You know what's coming. Don't get me started on that. But it's <laughs> it's, it's
1: not doing it for me. If you're trying to, if you're a young coach with a young team, you're trying to make a new name for yourself. Right. You you got to do better. I'm sorry, and you had other opportunities to win but when it comes down to it, football's a game of inches. These were the inches. This is, because it's not to say that they they would've even scored or gotten a touchdown had they gotten the first. Right. But at least to put yourself in a situation where you could give yourself, the like that's what you're, as a coordinator, you're supposed to choose places. I agree with you, Tyler. The running, the run of third down, in my mind, you have McCaffrey, but it's still dumb. You've run first and second. Give me a slant, give me a dig, give me an in and out, something, even a curl, to get those extra four or five yards to put you even closer. The run by, I mean, McCaffrey did his job. The run got you as close as you could because your job as offensive coordinator is to put you in the best position to win the game. And with that play, what they did, I don't think they put him in the best position to win the game. I just, because then you're putting all of your pressure on that defense to stop them with enough time to get you the ball back when you knew the most amount of time you're going to get is 15 seconds. And we don't have the line, the receivers, and Teddy, I love him, he doesn't have the arm, for a hail mary like he doesn't so at that point like that was the play and and you lost the game in my mind so like i don't want to battle on him but at a certain point you got to ask what are you doing to do to be different to be better like you talk about changing the culture and changing the playbook but then when you put the paper to the
3: field if it doesn't translate something's got to change you know Agreed, you know, and I'll make it quick too, you know, and, and the just is if they'd have done something funky there, if they'd have done you know double slants, if they'd have run the read option, or if they'd have run the option, or done something just crazy, a jet sweep and gotten the first down and not won the game, I think people would have been like, Okay, we didn't win, but that was a great fourth down and one call. And it would have at least maybe taken a little sting out of it. But when you do the what they called, I mean, that is what people are gonna be talking about for the next five days on Charlotte Radio. Or hell, and if you're a Panther fan, that's what people are talking about today was that call.
1: Hell, even if you don't get the play, I don't think there's a single person. like You know you know when, when we would run an up-the-middle push or we'd run a super play? Whenever you run like one of those in-the-box plays, you're going, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you choose play? If they would to run a sweep, jet sweep, reverse any of that and not gotten it, I don't think there's a single Panther. I mean, there was at least one or two. But I don't think the majority of Panther fans are going, why didn't you give it up to Arma in the middle? You're right. not going to hear that. Like, and <laughs> right. You're not going to hear that at all. So at yeah. least at that point, you're putting yourself in a position where you think you've put your best pieces forward to win the game. Yep. And that was upsetting to me is that I don't think in that moment they put their best foot forward to win the game. They didn't make the judgment call. That's where you saw – like I hate to, to badger on them like we are, but that's where you see the inexperience come up. They don't have the confidence in themselves and their teams, it seems like, and their, and their players right now to make that call. Because if you truly believe in your players and your ability, then you make that call nine times out of ten. I just, with a, with a team, when you have nothing to lose in the season like the Panthers do, they have absolutely nothing to lose. They should be making the most absurd calls every game. Because what do you have to lose? What are you going to get worse? Cool, then you get Lawrence or Fields. Whoop-de-doo. Do? Like, there's nothing that you can do right now to be worse than what you people think you're going to be. You're already predicted to be bottom of the barrel 2-14. and 14. So nothing you do is going to be any worse than what they expect. So take a shot, grow a hair. I'm sorry. Like, I, I hate to get more angry, but as I think, keep thinking back to it. It was just such a, it was such a stupid call. Like, it was not what you want to. See. That's a, that's a. Oh God, what was the quarter, the offensive coordinator's name that I hated? Oh God, Shula, Shula. That's a Shula call. Book like verse line. That's that's book and verse. A Shula call. Like that's what it is. And I Absolutely. hate. Absolutely. Yeah. I hated to see it so much, and it's just. So but as Panthers fans, we have grown accustomed to brushing off whatever horrible call or whatever horrible penalty was made the game before and looking to the weeks ahead. And so that's what we'll do here. You know, we've got a new structure for these episodes where it's really just us ranting, whether we are pissed or happy about how the game went, and then moving on to the next game. So we've moved on into the pissed ranting part, and now we're on the looking forward part. And so we'll talk about it. Um, we said it a little bit earlier. I watched the Bucks saints game. I was really excited for the game. Buxton didn't impress me. They – I don't know if it was because, we, like we were talking about, people didn't want to pass the ball that much, but they're handing it off to Ronald Jones every every three or four plays. He's got no – Tom has no chemistry with Brady half the game or with Evans. He's in. He's throwing in Godwin in a little bit. He's completing more passes to some dude named Scotty Miller, who I've never heard of, than any other receiver. I, I'm not to pick up Scotty in half of my fantasy leagues because I don't know who the hell he is, but he was getting more points than Chris Godwin. So what were
2: y'all? I mean, did y'all watch the game? Yeah, I had it on, of course. Uh, you know, it was at first Brady and the Bucs, They marched down the field, scoring, and I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, this was a, I was like, wow, this was a seamless transition, and they're they're you know they're fine with this because we always were talking about how they were you know kind of be like us and have a slow start and you know start picking it up. But then we saw you know the Saints started to turn it on. They struggled, um, definitely some inexperience and lack of chemistry. Um, you know some you know, it's the simple mistakes that, you know, you know, killed the Buccaneers today and the lack of chemistry. Um, so, you know, that, and that kind of leads into next week, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but, um, it's going to be an interesting one next week. Uh, Bucs are more talented than us, I think. And so, I mean, we'll preview the game all week, but, uh, it's you know, two young teams inexperienced, experience, a lot, you know, not a lot of chemistry. So, and you know, they, they fell short to the saints today. And, uh, you know, that, that was a, that was a tough one to watch because, you know, the season started early on with uh, our, our favorite here at Panthers Brawl, Taysom Hill, getting getting uh, praise from the announcers, which, you know, good player, but just nah, not a quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'm sure you guys will get into uh, not not I'm, I don't know what you thought about it, Jeff, but not a fan of how the uh, Saints ended that one.
3: No, not not at all. I mean, listen, you're up. They were up 14 at that point. There's under two minutes ago. Tampa Bay has no timeouts and you're running reverses or whatever, or flea flickers and throwing it 70 yards downfield. And then on fourth and one, you know, you go for it and hand off to Cam- uh, Alvin Kamara. And, you know, he didn't score, which I think they might've just done the replay to just say, we're not gonna let him score, but just take a knee. I mean, you're, you're up 14. Don't get your players hurt and have some class. But to me, that's Sean Payton. Um, and I just, ugh, he just, he makes me nauseous. Um, Taysom Hill makes me, na- yeah, just, I, you know, but as for Brady, yeah, they came out, they went down, he scored on the quarterback sneak, and you're like, here we go, game one. But he the more the more it went on. He was just and I don't like I said, I don't know if it's game one and we've had no preseason, but you're talking about a man who's played in nine Super Bowls. Um, I think he could step outside on a Friday night and just be able to control an offense and take but he was just off the the pick six that he threw, he was and I don't know if it was the Evans that he was throwing to, but he was three yards behind. When, when he made his cut, he was like two or three yards. The ball was two or three yards behind him. It was an easy pick six. So uh, he was just off on some things. And, um, I, you know, um, and all you're going to hear now, and this is – we'll talk about it. Jack will throw to it in a minute, I'm sure. But here's the the caveat for us is now all we're going to hear this week is how Brady is not who he used to be. You know, he threw two interceptions. You know, like this is not the Tom Brady of old. You know, and guess where he's – you know, guess who they play next. So – um yeah, it, it it was a fun game to watch and it was just weird seeing but here's the the thing I loved and I I've never liked the guy. You didn't hear Gronk at all. I don't know how many catches Gronk had. Um I don't even know existed like it was weird seeing both of them in that uniform but um yeah. I, you know, great for the Saints. I don't like them. I there was a classless move there at the end and um um we'll see.
1: Look, the Saints have never been a class a classy
3: team. I know.
1: The only player I've ever, and I'll throw back to that great. It was like a like third or fourth episode where I was like, "You gotta respect Drew Brees." And Sean Tews was like, "I ain't gotta respect nobody." nobody. And it and it, and it aged well because yes, now no one's. Got, I ain't gotta respect Drew Brees at all. He yeah. was the only player on the Patriots worth a damn. All right, excuse me, Patriots. That's of course I have it. He was the only player on the Saints worth a damn and, and worth respecting. And then he, you know, shat his whole reputation to hell. So I and I hate I hate Cameron Jordan. I hate you know Michael Thomas. I hate a good majority of that team, honestly, except for maybe like Latavius Murray. He's the only one I'm indifferent. Yeah. Um, and we, Lord, we all know about Taysom Hill. I mean, I was getting texts from other Falcons fans like, Oh, here we go. Two minutes in they're already riding Taysom Hill because that's just what they do. I want to mention though, uh, point of interest. He is a listed as a tight end on fantasy football. And I think that feeds my argument that he's not a quarterback. He's just a white dude on the field. Like that's all he is. He's not a quarterback. He's just there. Um, but, yeah, Saints have never been a class act, and I didn't, I didn't revel in seeing them win. Honestly, I was rooting for the Bucks. But you could see Brady was – he was visibly frustrated at times. And I will say this. Whenever – like, as good as Evans can be, when he's playing uh, – when he's playing um, Marshawn Lattimore, hell, when he was playing James Bradbury and even Desmond Trufant, he would get locked up like that. The cornerbacks in our division had, a, had their number on Mike Evans for whatever reason. And they did a good job of locking him up. Bradbury had some of his best games against against Mike Evans. So I'll give him to that where that could have been his number one dude, and Mike Evans was almost invisible the entire game. Gronk, I mean, I don't know what I expected from him. He's been on. it's not like Brady where he's, you know, going from right.
3: the He's been right.
1: out of the for a year. He hasn't played football. He's been hosting some game show or whatever, some ultimate tag or whatever, or whatever he's hosting for a year now. So like he's not been playing football. So I wasn't really thinking a lot from him. Chris Godwin, I expected a little bit more. I thought it was going to be that Danny Amendola type guy, where you're getting you know short, quick passes over the middle, where he can create space. I was a little, uh, can, I was a little concerned about that. It also seemed like the like I don't even remember who the front, who the offensive coordinator is over there in Tampa Bay, um, but it seemed as though they were running, up, they were putting up a lot of running plays. I mean, Ronald Jones was getting a lot of touches. It wasn't even Fournette or McCoy. luck which. Byron uh,
3: Leftwich. Byron which is the uh, offensive the coordinator for of Tampa Bay. Quarterback? Yeah.
1: Oh my! And isn't there? Wait, isn't there defensive coordinator the old Jets coach? Yes, Todd Bowles. <sighs> what a coaching staff! I'm sorry. Let me. The Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and Byron Leftwich. Yep, That's pretty much. Although Byron
3: Leftwich, they say he's like that. He could be the next like NFL head coach somewhere.
1: Oh my God, having That if he's a head coach before Eric and head coach, I'm gonna lose my mind um regardless there he was he was pulling up so many running plays Ronald Jones got a good 75% of the touches that night um so that was wild but um either way so with Brady like you know I'll get it it was the first week I mean out of the new quarterbacks I think it probably went Teddy Cam then Brady like that's how that list went and there was maybe some other new quarterbacks I might have been missing but um that's how I think the production level went and so Brady will definitely be pissed. I think it's kind of this, one of those things where he was kind of overly confident going into the game, realized he's not all he was. So then this next week, he's going to overcorrect and just go off with our team. I think that'll be the first away game, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. So that'll be different for a lot of these younger guys. Um, but I wasn't all in all. Imp- I mean, I was, Levante David now is the best linebacker in the NFC South, if not the NFC in total. He was all over the field tonight. And he was and their front seven with Vita Vea, with um, with uh, uh, Jason Pierre Paul with the, the guys they their front seven is, is dastardly I mean it's it's just insane their defensive backs leave a little bit to be desired but in terms of us against our offensive line next week that's the ma- there's the mismatch right there our receivers can maybe overpower their defensive backs and also vice versa their def- their receivers can overpower our defensive backs our front seven should be if they if our front seven can get after Tom Brady, it's like you were saying, Jeff. If we can get to Tom Brady and get him under you know off of his rhythm, then we can win that game. But in the reverse sense, if that front seven of the of the Bucks gets even a little bit hot, we're screwed. That's I just the firepower they have coming off of that line is ridiculous. I mean, they have got Andomkin sue now too, and even though know, you can say whatever about how old he is or whatever, but he's still got a punch off the ball, and I, they're just they're they're. It, they're scary. They're like the monsters with their front seven compared to our offensive line. And who knows? Cause, what was it? Daly didn't get the start today. Who was the lineman that got the start instead?
2: Uh, Michael Schofield.
1: Yeah, and I think he yeah. did He did all right. Um, yeah. I wasn't really expecting Daly to get the start. He's still young. Um, but other than that, our line held its own, whether it was, you know, whether it was Teddy having to run away from, from defenders or him, them giving him, him enough time to get the ball out quick enough. I mean, the line wasn't my biggest issue with the day, which is weird to say because it normally is. But I don't know. It's so if, if we're looking into next week, if we're looking into next week, I'm gonna give it a loss of like 28 to 24. That's that's my mind right there. Um, I don't know about y'all though.
2: Uh, tune in on uh, Wednesday uh, when we uh, pair with the Buccaneers brawl, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll make my prediction then. If not, I'll get it out somewhere. But you know, tune in Wednesday.
3: Uh, you know, content? listen. It's all going to boil down to, um, like Jack, you mentioned. I think the front seven from both teams. If you want to beat Tom Brady, just get to him, and and maybe you devise some blitz packages. Or I'm sending the house. If I if I know my my young secondary is going to have some trouble, I'm figuring out I'm blitz. I'm. It's remember the Titans movie. You're going to blitz every play, and we're not going to stop because that's the only way you beat Tom Brady is you get him rattled. And you get him thinking, and the timing gets off a little bit. And the thing about Brady is, once you get in his head, I know he's a champion, and I know he's, a, you know, the veteran of all veterans, and he's the goat. But you get in his head, and you get him start thinking that you're you're coming, and he starts hearing those footsteps, he'll make some mistakes. And, and let's let's be honest, Teddy Bridgewater outperformed him today. Um, that's plain and simple. So I could literally see, and I think it's going to be one of those things where it's becoming the kind of the mantra now for the Panthers. And Panther fans, they get so close, and then there's one play or there's one series that it does. And so I can see it being yeah, 21 to 21 to 17 game or something. And there's just that one play again that kind of breaks your heart where you're you're right in it and you and listen, they put up 30. This this offense can put up the points. There's no question about that. Can your defense? you know, slow down that offense. And listen, Mike Thomas is not a healthy player. No, not Mike Thomas, sorry. Mike Evans. Um, he, he's he's not real healthy, was he? he? He's he's injured a little bit. He's a little gimpy. Um, and, and I know they've got the great offense, but, you know, the running back doesn't scare me. So it, it's the, it, I think it'll be our front seven. I think it'll be our front seven for the Panthers if they can get to Brady. Yeah, got to get him rattled. And
2: we saw this week he was visually frustrated, you know, with Evans and, um, you know, Godwin. And that just can't be good for a team. And so if we get up and get up and jam the receivers, give them a tough time, throw off the timing of their routes, get to Brady, um, you know, get them frustrated. And they'll, they'll start, you know, uh, that's I don't think that's good for, you know, any you know t- teamwork or chemistry, just that yelling and stuff. I mean after that one in completion Mike Evans looked scared for his life when Brady came over to talk to him I and mean, that's just not not just not what you want so we got that young uh, front seven but they're talented so we got to get after
3: Brady yeah go ahead you know yeah and you're right and what everybody expects is everybody expects we've got Tom Brady we're we we've got the golden boy we're going to be 14 and 2 now and you know go to the you know NFC championship and win a Super Bowl it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers
1: and we've all seen what happens in that huddle when Brady is upset and frustrated with his offensive playmakers. We've seen what happens in the last two, three years with the Patriots offense. He's, he's irate. He's livid. He, he seems drained and doesn't want to be there. And that's going to be like, we, like keep pounding is normally the motto for the Panthers. For me this year, what the hell do we have to lose? Like, that's no. my motto. we have no. No to lose. We have no expectations because either we play well over our expectations or we bomb and we get the first two picks in the draft. Like, I'm okay with that. Either way, so in mm-hmm. my reality, like that's the top. The, pay, the, the Bucks have a lot more to lose this season and this game than we do. If they go Absolutely. 0-2 against division rivals coming out of the gates, that's their season is burnt, is in jeopardy already. If we go one and one against you know the Raiders and then the Bucks with Tom Brady, woo, we're fine. If we're 0-2, that's what everyone expected anyway. Right. So it'll be definitely very interesting to see how it goes. And so I think the Panthers need to just try to keep a fluid motion with it. Try to stay fun. If they can make it play like they're playing backyard football, like we did. Because this team has two kind of identities to me. It seems a lot like the 2017 Panthers with North Turner, where they were just doing – they were doing sweeps and reverses and double passes. They were doing whatever. And they were play, they were having fun with Cam before we got injured in scoring. It also, unfortunately, reminds me of the 2013 Panthers, either, either 2013, 2012, where we literally lost seven or eight games by two points or less. And Jeff will remember – there were every week I was visibly upset because we would either lose because of whoever the, the horrible kicker that we had with the weird name who lost like four games. I don't remember his name, but he missed like four kicks, four field goals. I don't remember Something, something Amare or something. Alindo Amare. Alindo Amare.
2: Five
1: kicks and lost us like five games and I hated him. But it seems a lot like it could be that season two where we could lose, like Jeff was saying, we could lose a lot of these games with heartbreakers. Where you're getting your 34 to 30s, your 28 to 24s, your, your 21 to 17s, where it's literally within a touchdown, almost field goal margin. But, you know, like I said,
3: well, like, well, like I said, today, I don't know that Panther fans feel that bad, except it's going to rely, it's going to go back to that one call. Yeah. I don't think Panther fans are sitting there going, this sucks. Our team's horrible. I think right. they're going, look, we're competitive. We just wish that call would have been a different call. Yeah. And I think we'd all be, but, you know, I think they, the glass is half full. So I think, if anything, I think people have walked out of this week, out of today, going, hey, we got something. We just cleaned some things up. We got a team that will compete.
1: Hell, they're even a glass. They're just swinging a jug. And either if, they, if the liquid goes in the cup, cool. If, if it goes on the ground, awesome. Like, they'll just – there's no expectation. That's the motto for this year. They're it like, what do we have to lose? Right. So we we'll say that. And that doesn't mean we're not going to be upset or happy if they do win or lose. I'm going to be upset or happy either way. But, you know – it's really one of the more late, like more. It's it's the weirdly more, one of the most stressful season for the Panthers and one of the most relaxed season for the Panthers. It's a weird, it's a weird juxtaposition. But either way, we're gonna keep riding the street, keep getting to this intersection, and we'll see what happens week to week. So stay tuned. As Tyler said, we're gonna try to get a the we're gonna try to get uh, set up with the uh, newly newly minted Buccaneers brawl. We hope y'all liked that. Um, that segment, because that we, it was a lot of fun. I know for Jeff and Tyler, we're gonna keep that up. Sean Teese, you know, he'll be still back on the reins. Um, like I said, he had some personal stuff he's had to deal with, but he'll be back to give you those X factors and those uh, and those key matchups for the game against the Bucks. And uh, to you know, just keep looking through Instagram as we'll continue to have stuff for you coming out. And uh, just to end it out, we wanted to give a special shout out. Lord knows if we'll even hear this, but um, he was pretty interesting. He was he was the he's the reason we're here and we're on this brawl. Austin, Lord Almighty, I can never pronounce his last name. Someone do it for me. Austin Fugelstad, is that what it is? Yes. Fugelhorn, something like that. I don't know. Um, Austin, Austin F. F. Austin F., Uncle Mike. Uh, he, uh, he stepped away from the, uh, the Brawl Network. Um, we don't really know what he's got in store. We're waiting to hear from that and all the news about it. Uh, but he seems that big thing ticking. So, but he was kind of the executive producer of the Brawl Network, and he brought Jeff and I and Tyler and Shanti all together for this podcast and gave us the opportunity to really show, you know, talk about the team we love every week and talk about the sport we love and it's just been an absolute blessing for all of us. So we wanted to thank him. You know, if he didn't even hears this, I don't know if he was listening when he was the executive producer. Lord knows if he's listening now that he's done, but um, he just, he was a really big proponent for us. And uh, we love to see him, you know, move on. We love to see people move from this to better things. That's what we hope to do now. Cause that's all, it, that's all it's about is moving to the next best thing. So uh, we want to wish him the best. Thank him for all he's done for us. And just to end out this episode, you know, with a shout-out to him, because uh, we'll miss Uncle Mike, but, you know, yeah, we'll fun. still keep kicking here on the Brawl Network. So until next time, everybody, keep pounding, keep your heads up, and just keep, keep your expectations low, because Lord knows what's going to happen. But again, we'll see you all next week. Keep your
0: whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go
1: online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees usage and restrictions apply.